0: On course.
1: That was already healing. You were wounded before. What we tend to do is we tend to get into relationships and not warn the person that we're in relationship with that I was wounded before I met you. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to pretend like we're whole, and then the person accidentally touches us or pushes up against a spot that we were pained in before. And all of a sudden we're hurting and we give the person the impression that they hurt us. But they didn't hurt us. All they did was touch us in a place that we had been hurt before and was denying the fact that we were hurt. And here's the trick about healing. God can't heal anything you deny. Jesus often asks the people, what do you want me to do for you? And he he would require them to say, blind Bartimaeus, that I may receive my sight. The leper that I may be clean. You have to admit that you're leprous. You have to admit that you're blind. You have to admit that you're deaf. You have to admit it for him to fix it. Amen? And that's the way it works. And so um, don't be ashamed of the fact that you're not whole. Uh, wholeness is coming your way. You're going to be whole. Everybody say, I'm, I'm going to be whole. Yes, yeah, say, I'm, I'm in the process of being made whole. Yeah, that is true. And Tonight I want to just go through the scriptures real quickly. I want to talk to you tonight about, about being healed from the hurt. Being healed from the hurt. And we have designated Wednesday nights, um, as long as the Lord says so, to deal with this issue of healing uh, for emotional wounds. Emotional wounds are real. They're very real. And uh, hurt feelings occur when one of three things happen. And now, what I'm giving you tonight is not all the information. I'm just giving you the information that I have. So I may, I may give you three or four things, but maybe much more, maybe a hundred more, but I'm giving you ones that we're going to focus on. Amen? Or emotional our wounds or hurt feelings occur when we feel unloved. So, so have, have you ever had your feelings hurt because someone said something? Now y'all can respond. You ever had your feelings hurt? Yeah, because someone said something, they looked at you a certain way, they, they didn't acknowledge you. Um, these major three areas will cover uh, where we have hurt feelings. Number one, when we feel unloved. It doesn't mean you're not loved. It just means that someone um, helped you or caused you to feel unloved. Number two, when you feel uncovered or unprotected, when someone, when someone puts you out there, it hurts your feelings. You know, um, you, and, you and someone that, that you're, you're intimate with or you're close with will, will have a joke in private, and, and you can laugh at yourself in private, but when they bring it out and they repeat it in public, now it's not so funny. Because you feel uncovered, you, you, you feel, you feel, it hurts your feelings. And, and insensitive people don't get that. Insensitive people don't get that, that it's hard to be... Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you are an insensitive person... You need to pray about this. If anyone has ever says to you that you're just thoughtless or insensitive, it's something you need to pray about. Because if, you, if you're insensitive, it means that you can't feel what others are feeling or you don't know when what you're doing is inappropriate. Okay? For example, if you talk too much, you're going to drive people away from you. You got it? If you never smile, folk will think you mean. If you're always th- talking about people, folk will think that when, you, when they're not around you, you're going to talk about them. You gotta be sensitive to certain things. You gotta be sensitive to what people are going through. Amen? And the Spirit of God would alert you to what the people around you are going through. This is gonna be interesting tonight, I could tell. So so our feelings will be hurt when we feel unloved. And sometimes we we, we inadvertently make people feel unloved. Your feelings will be hurt when we when we feel uncovered, unprotected. And then get this sometimes we feel unnecessary. There are times when people make us feel like we're disposable, like they don't like we're not necessary. We're tolerated. And it hurts our feelings. And many times, what happens is we don't we don't say anything about it, but we nurse it and we carry it with us. And here's what we tend to do: the people that make us feel unloved, uncovered, unwanted, unnecessary, whatever, we don't hardly ever say anything to them. But we talk to other people about it. But more than that, we talk to ourselves. Our self-talk is is usually it usually consists of what we think we're not, or what we can't do, or where we failed, or where we where we. Where we've been that, that you know, we shouldn't have been. And so we're, uh, for the most part, the body of Christ is made up of hurting people. We just hurt. And so that, that what God gave us as the antidote to this, we talked about forgiveness a couple weeks ago. But th- there's another antidote. The antidote is love. And the word, the word agapos, there are four words in the Greek that translate love. And I, I, I've talked to this before, but it, it bears repeating. Number one is the word stogos. What I love about the Greek is that the, you can't mistake what a person means when they say I love you. Folk will tell you today, I love you. You have to stop and say, hold up, what does that mean? Clarify, because when people say they love you nowadays, you don't know what it means. You got it? But in the Greek, the reason that God chose Greek for the New Testament and Hebrew for the Old Testament is because Hebrew is one of the most beautiful languages. And in the Old Testament, God communicates his love for his people when they didn't deserve it. But in the New Testament, um, Greek is the most expressive language. They have so many words just for one of our English words. So whenever you hear a person say in the Greek, um, they use, when they use the word uh, stogos to say I love you, stogos is always I love you as family. Stogos. As a matter of fact, we get our English word "stalk." The stalk brings the baby, you know. Okay, whatever. The stalk brings the baby, and it comes from the Greek word stogos, which means fami- familiar or family love. Okay? Then there's the word philos. Philos, love, is, is the love of friendship. I love you because you're like me. In Storgos love, I love you because you're family. But in Philos love, I love you because you're like me. We have things in common. I see some of me in you. You got it? And, and, and if, you, if, a, if a guy is, is courting a girl and she said, well, we're just friends. In Greek, if she says, we're just phila, that's not what you want to hear. You got it? I mean, is there hope that we can matriculate, pass it? No, we gonna just be friends. Well, I don't, you know. So, so there's phila of philos love. And then the third type of love is eros. And in Eros love, when a person says, I love you, it's, I love you because you're lovely. The danger of Eros love is that that somewhere down the line, the body begins to change. You got it? Um, When you wake up in the morning, you don't look like that. You don't wake up with makeup. I do, you lie. I love you because you're lovely. You know, you have to, we have to groom ourselves into beauty sometimes. You know, you have to, you have to, the mirror, thank God for the mirror, bless the Lord. You know, the mirror reveals what other people don't see. Mirrors can tell on you. Your mirror blackmail, you'd be in trouble. Eros love, I love you because you're lovely. I love you because of your physique. I love you because whatever. And so Eros love is a very shallow love. But then there's agapos, from which we get our word agape. Agapeos is another word that springs from that root word. And what it means is, it's a love of value. I love you because in my eyes, you're worthy you're worthy. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. God God loves us because he values us. It's not that we are valuable; it's that he placed value on us. Isn't that amazing? That as messed up as we are, as jacked up as we are, God says, you know what? I place value on you. What's my price, Lord? The price of my son's blood. And now I become valuable. Those four different types of love. That's what God did. God took the love of agape and he made it the, the, the lifeline of the church. Because he knows that people will come to church broken and hurt. And so, agape love, the love of value, is the love we have for one another. So, look around the room real quick. Just look across the room. You can see people, some people came right from work. People came, man, they dressed down tonight. But listen, you have to start seeing your brothers and sisters as valuable. Everybody said the word valuable. Valuable. That's the kind of love we're talking about. They're valuable. That's why you don't talk about it, because they're valuable. That's why you don't put them down, because they're valuable. You and them may be having beef. But Jesus died for them the same way he died for you. you ain't special. And then you are special. Figure that out. Okay? So one of the most insensitive things, people are going to hurt. And when people come to Christ, for the most part, you know, the church is almost like the emergency room. They said the people that work in triage, the emergency room, they say when we meet people, we normally meet them on the worst day of their lives. I remember I went, as a pastor, I would go to the emergency room to visit a member, and the things I would see coming in, blood everywhere, and you wonder, man, what, I wonder what happened to that person. person comes in with a sheet over him. You, you go, man, I wonder what that was about. People just go through things you, that you don't expect. Trauma is going to happen. So when people come to church, they're normally hurting. And one of the most insensitive things you can say to a hurting person is the, are these three words, get over it it's one of the most insensitive things you could say and here's why because hurting people usually can't see think or feel anything beyond their pain when when you are hurting that's your world you can't see anything past that you can't feel anything past that you can't even think past that now a person that's not hurting will look at you and they say well i don't understand why you're such a big deal. just get you somebody else Have you ever, <laughs> Girl, you crazy. I don't be crying. And we be talking like that because we're not hurting, boy, and it's us. Men are funny. You know how we are. are how, here's how men are. When our kids are hurting, especially our boys, like, man up. But let a man catch a cold. Because I do it. I mean, you would think that someone shot us. I mean,. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, the one of the most insensitive things you can say to a person that's hurting is get over it. Because you ready for this? When you are emotionally wounded, you don't just get over it. You have to be healed. You have to be what? Healed. healed. And healing, Jesus said that in Luke 4:18, Isaiah 61 and 1, that God has sent him and anointed him to heal the broken in heart and when your heart is broken when, some, when life has let you down or life has turned on you and you get hurt I'm going to tell you something I'm going to tell you something so you better pray if somebody's praying for you and you better have faith we're going to talk about this now on the screen for me put up there Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14 from the message translation a hurting person must be walked through the process of healing to a place of wholeness now, now everybody look up on the screen you see this up here read it out loud for me here's what it says read A healthy spirit conquers, uh uh-huh. Now, one more time out loud all together. Ready? A healthy spirit, uh uh-huh. You see the word uh, adversity? If you look in the middle of that word, you see the word vert, uh, 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 V-E-R-T. It comes from a Latin word. The Latin word is vertere. Vertere means to turn. We get the word invert, pervert, Convert. When you see the word adversity, the prefix ad means against. And so the Bible says a healthy spirit can overcome when life turns against you. It says, but what can you do? I'm going to add this parenthetically just for clarification. When life turns against you or when people turn against you and your spirit is crushed. He said, basically, you are, you are defenseless. And so every little thing that happens to you Hurts. You know, they, let, they fired you off your job and you were doing such a good job but when they had a chance to, to lay somebody, they laid you off and you were giving it your all. You know you were working better than the other people there but they laid you off. You got it? Now here's how sensitive you've become. Now that you are, you're so afraid to put in a, a resume or to put in a job application. Why? You're so afraid of being rejected. You are, listen, you're so afraid that you don't get the job. And people say, what's the big deal? The big deal is when your spirit is crushed, Every little bit hurts. And here's what we need to be sensitive to. I want you to get this. There are times when God will connect you to people in church who are hurting, who have been hurt so badly that they're at the place where every little word, every little bit hurts. And sometimes you make jokes and, and you say, you take everything so seriously and you don't understand. They're trying to recover. It's a spiritual principle that, that it's, it's difficult to negotiate life when your spirit is crushed. So, so, so consider your, your circle consider the people uh, the, the, the person that's not talking to you anymore because you said something and you can't, you can't see for the life of you how that little thing you say could hurt that person I'm not going to apologize I don't want an apology because I don't even she, she just got her, she wear feelings on her sleeve no 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 maybe it could be that life has wrecked her so much or damaged him so badly that every little thing that happens spells unloved uncovered Unnecessary. And many times, what God will do is, God will send people to you, and all God will actually just don't do anything deep. He move upon your heart to do something real simple, and He doesn't want you to make a big deal out of it. He wants you to simply do it. Why? Because He's going to use everything that He tells you to do, and everything that He tells the other person to do, to communicate to that person that you are loved, that you are covered, and you are necessary. Sometimes it's something as simple as sending a card, inviting them to your gathering, including them in the conversation. These little things, and I feel I'm up here preaching things to myself. This is so basic, but you know what it is? It's God awakening the sensitivity of a congregation. Let me tell you a story. When I, when I was pastoring my first church in Germany uh, in, in um, 19, Lord, it was not long ago. 1986 December, I took my first church, and and uh, we went from 12 families, 20 members to 200-something people, and then people stopped joining, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I went to work, and a person that worked with me said, I came to your church to visit, and, and I, I, I love your teaching, I love the worship, but I can stay. I said, why? And here's what they said. Because your circle is closed. I said, what do you mean? They said, your people look at us like we're outsiders. And what had happened was we had actually come in, and as the church was growing, we had met, everyone became insiders. We knew your name, so you were insider. When we say, turn to your neighbor, we're not looking for a no new person. We're looking for the person we knew. Hey, yo, over there. You know, that's the way we were handling things. You're either in the choir, on some auxiliary, the prayer team, whatever, on the SWAT team, soul action, uh, soul winning action team. We Everyone had a job and people that didn't have a job. We were like, well, you're not necessary. So people won't join the church. And so what the Lord had me to do was get the whole church to come up one Sunday to the altar and take hands all around and the visitors i say if you're a member only and the visitors standing outside looking like what's this about and i had them to join hands and i said now look around at the people that's not members and they looked around i said now open the circle i said let the let someone someone's hand go to reach for another person that you don't know and we start, and symbolically, what we did was we opened the circle, and we brought people in there. And so people coming in of different uh, races, people who weren't even dressed for church, different nationalities, and they were coming in, and we, act, you had to ask, what's your name? And then the person that got the person's name had to remember the name. We, we grew that church by each one... No, loving one. I, I expect you to say reach one. No, each one loved one. And so that person became
0: a loved one. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Heart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Let's go. Have you subscribed to Heart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service, where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God heart ramsey to subscribe simply text the word uplift to the number four six seven eight six once again text the word uplift to the number four six seven eight six and daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit encourage your heart and empower your walk subscribe today to heart ramsey's uplift amen now let's get back to today's teaching with pastor heart ramsey
1: How many, how many, how many just get that? You just went clean over your head? No. Well, we, we made them a loved one. Because you don't know where they're coming from. We should always ask the question, why would God send those people to this church? Why would they come here? They're coming here because of what we're talking about. The acceptance of the Lord. I've gotten, in the last week, I've gotten three or four, if not five, emails about experiences that people had. And they're amazing. I should have brought one to read tonight. One of them was talking about, I came to church. I came to visit your church with a family member and on Sunday morning. And when I came, they said this. They said the message, they said worship was amazing. But the message that you preach uh, about the love, I've never heard that before. They said, I've never felt so loved in church by God. They were sitting among you and they said they felt loved by God. To me, yeah, you should give the Lord a hand for that. That people, yeah, because you know, now we could be stuck up and toe up and all to ourselves and okay. So so emotional healing. We said a hurting person must be walked through the, the process of healing to a place of wholeness. Everybody say wholeness. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. Until we are whole, or at least close to whole, we're not ready for relationships. Because when, we, when we're not whole, we become, we become draining to people. Now, get this. This is important. Emotional healing always starts with a renewing or repositioning of the mind. And the mind can only be renewed By ministering to the spirit. In other words, watch this. I I can't change when it comes to healing or getting you healed from whatever you went through. Or whatever, disappointment or discouragement or or depression. When it comes to getting you healed, I have to go to your spirit. And Jesus said, he said, here's what he said. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so I have to give you the word. The reason I always come from chapter and verse is because I'm giving you the word. Because if I get your spirit receiving the word, what happens? Your mind begins to be renewed and repositioned. And here's the the hierarchy of how your soul is designed. It's the mind, it's the emotions, and then it's the will. And I I gave you this example before. Imagine a three-story building. On the bottom floor, on the ground floor, is your will where decisions are made. Right above that, and, and sitting on top of your will are your emotions, the way you feel. On top of that is your mind. So on the bottom floor, you have your chooser. The middle floor, you have your feeler. And the top floor, you have your thinker. Here's the problem. If your thinker is telling you that you're worthless, if your thinker is telling you that you're unnecessary, if your thinker is measuring itself based on the last experience, the the traumatic experience it had, then your thinker will be weighing down on your feeler. You'll never feel good because you're never thinking right. And here's the thing. As long as you're not feeling good because you're not thinking right, you always choose whatever you can find to make you feel better. You don't want, people say, I want the will of God, but most of us don't want the will of God. What we want is the thing that makes us feel better about ourselves, about our situation, about our circumstances, about our family. We want what makes us feel better. And so what Satan knows is this, if I can keep this person from becoming whole, if I can stop them from being healed, watch this, in their thinking. Their thinking will always affect their feeling. They always bad about themselves. He wants us, every day, you have to watch for it. He'll send people to you to say something insensitive, to do something crazy. Sidebar. You need to, you need to talk to the Lord about your relationship with social network. Because some of you re-injure your wounds on Facebook. And Twitter. And Instagram. Whatever else you on. So all that stuff shouldn't be coming into your soul. I shut my Facebook page down. If you write me on Facebook, I ain't getting it. I was on Facebook before it became like MySpace. What's MySpace? Don't forget it, it's not for you. You got it? You have to because what what the enemy is doing, the enemy has a lot invested in keeping your mind messed up so you can keep you feeling bad about yourself. Because once you feel bad about yourself, all he has to do is dangle a carrot. Of satisfaction in front of you, and you're gonna go for it. Only stray, hungry dogs eat from the garbage can. Pets that are fed at home, when they're hungry, they run home. I'm gonna show you this. This is interesting. Now, how this works is we have, to become, we have to become aware of where people are. Now, Now I want to I move forward in a, for a minute. Uh, how many of you understand the, uh, the, the analogy I gave of, of the three-story building? How many of you got that? That's critical because um, your thinking has so much to, to do with this. I'm going to show you some scripture, and I want to get a lot of this out of the way. So, so there the are the three elements. Write these down. Prayer, praise, and worship. Prayer. Let me define praise for you. Because some people come to church, you've been in church your whole life, you don't even know what praise really is. You know what praise is? Giving thanks to God. Praise is giving thanks to God because of what God has done. Whereas the sacrifice of praise is different. The sacrifice of, of praise is really a defiant act of the, of the human soul. When, when you give God a sacrifice of praise, you're being defiant. You're telling the devil that regardless of what you do to me, Regardless of how the situation is, I'm going to thank God as if the situation is better than it really is. And when you become, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to give the devil a headache, if you want your situation to to change quickly, become... become Adamant about giving God the sacrifice of praise. Bring the, the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. When you come in and, and you just left a terrible world out there, home ain't right, nothing ain't right, nothing is the way you want it, come in and I dare you to lift your hands and begin to open your mouth and bless the Lord. I promise you what's gonna happen is this. All of a sudden the Lord will give you, Lord, watch you give Him the sacrifice of praise, He give you the gift of joy. And when you go back to your situation, watch this, because your perspective has changed, your perception has has been shifted, your situation has to change. There's nothing more frustrating to the devil than when you, when he throws his best shot at you and and you're supposed supposed to be crying in the floor, but you're shouting in the house. Ain't that something? You believe in God for the check to come. They held your check up. They know they was wrong. Watch this. But And so your car note was due. And they say, you missed the car note. We're going to repossess the the car. So you're just trusting God. And the check didn't come. And there goes the car. And the devil just wants you to fall apart and say, nothing ever works for me. But instead what you do, you throw your hand up and say, I give to you the sacrifice of praise. I thank you, Lord. Let them take that one away. Either it's going to come back or I'll get a better one. You're going to give the devil a migraine. (laughs) Is this helping you? Okay. You mess him up. He hates me and I hate him. It's established. I don't expect, listen, the devil, you, listen, you'll never call a truce with the devil. There'll never be a ceasefire. Okay? And all hurt really is, think about it. Hurt is when the, when the fiery darts of the enemy gets through the, the shield of faith. It gets through, and it stings you. You got it? So what has to happen? You said, well, Pastor, what do you mean it gets through the seal of faith? It means that you're, you're, you don't have your shield up. You can have a shield, but not, it's not up. you got to keep your shield up. What does it mean? Anything that happens to you, it has to be deflected off of the fact that God got my back. God has got me. I don't care what happened. God's going to turn this. And I'm going to tell you something I learned about the Lord. This is going to help you. God does not need a whole long time to turn anything around. Come yeah. about a matter of time. You're, I, I, I'm stuck on this. It's not a matter of time. It's a matter of faith. Yeah. It's a matter of believing. It's a matter of love. It's a matter of understanding. God can blink. I'm going to tell you this right now. You, can, you left the house thing with jacked up. You can go back to the house. The same house. You wanted. did you go to the right address? Because God can turn it in a moment. Do you know that right now God is talking to people about you? Jesus never went where people didn't need a doctor. Jesus always went where people were sick. You know why? Because he, his ministry was to heal. So don't think he doesn't know where you are, what you're going through. But pastor, I'm so jacked up. He, you're the very one he's looking for. But I'm messing my own life up. You're very much the one he's looking for. He has to help you. You have to understand something. God already, ain't like God is trying to purchase you and he's checking you out to see out. No, God already paid for you. You already belong to God. You know, you—you you are the car that God bought, and now you're in God's garage. He said, what is he waiting on, Parks? <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> we, we could work with this. We could work with this. What he's trying to do, he's trying to get you to see where you need to be fixed so you could give him permission to do what he needs to do. Okay, now watch this. So, so prayer, praise, and then worship. Worship. What's worship? Worship is acknowledging and celebrating God's value to you. Everybody say, to me. No, so everybody say, to me. That's why you, no one can worship for you. And that's why you see one person over here breaking an alabaster box, another person over here frowning, saying, what a waste. Because Judas didn't go through what she went through. You got it? He was stealing money and hiding, but she was a known prostitute. And her shame was public. You can't mess with my worship when everybody knows I'm jacked up. So if, if, listen, let them look at me the way they want to. Let them talk about me. Let them, let them say what they want to. But one thing I got between me and God that they can't mess with is my worship. Because worship is about how I see him and how he sees me. It's about value. Everybody shout value. It's the way I see God. as the way I see him. What he's worth to me. Glory to God. is what he's worth to me. Yeah, you may not think, you know well, 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 let me, here's the thing. So prayer, praise, and worship will heal the spirit of the brokenhearted if the person desires
0: to be healed. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Heart Ramsey on Facebook at Heart Ramsey Media and on Instagram at Pastor Heart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's word as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.